Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, on the first Sunday of Advent, we are sharing our final episode of Season 3, the annual Advent Christmas message from Father Luke Mata. We wish you a holy Advent and a joy-filled Christmas season. We're entering into the liturgical time of Advent in preparation for Christmas. We just celebrated Thanksgiving Day, our annual celebration in which we thank God for so many things. And it seems very fitting that we also express our gratitude to God in the way we prepare for His coming to us at Christmas. And the key is preparation. And preparation requires to consider prayerfully what it is that we're preparing for. In other words, now is the time to stop and pray and consider what Christmas is all about and what our celebration of the event that took place 2,023 years ago means for you and me today. The opening or, or what's called the Colic Prayer for the Mass of the first Sunday of Advent expresses well what our dispositions need to be. It says, Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming. It's beautiful. To resolve to run forth to meet Christ. That is to meet Jesus who is about to be born. That is what we're preparing for. And that is what Christmas is all about. God's Son is being born unto us. One of the finest and most effective Christmas shows ever made is the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's so powerful in, in many ways and I wish everyone would see it. Do you remember it? The special begins on a frozen pond put to use as an ice rink by the Peanuts cast who skate and sing Christmas time is here and the opening credits are taking place. It's Christmas season, and Charlie Brown is depressed. And he confides in Linus this fact, citing his dismay with the over-commercialization of Christmas and his inability to grasp what Christmas is all about. Linus dismisses as a typical Charlie Brown behavior at first. Eventually, Charlie visits Lucy in her psychiatric booth, Deciding that he needs more involvement, she recommends that Charlie Brown direct a Christmas play, to which he agrees. And Charlie Brown arrives at the rehearsals, but he's unable to control the situation as the uncooperative kids are more interested in modernizing the play with dancing and lively music. So he decides they need a Christmas tree. Lucy takes over the crowd and dispatches Charlie Brown to get a big, shiny aluminum tree, as he says. And when they get to the tree market, filled with numerous trees fitting Lucy's description, Charlie Brown zeroes in on a choice, a small sampling, which is the only real tree on the lot. At first, Linus is reluctant about Charlie Brown's choice, but Charlie is convinced that after decorating it, it will be just right for the play. And they return to the auditorium with the tree, at which point the children laugh at Charlie Brown. And in desperation, he loudly asks if anybody really knows what Christmas is all about. 
And there Linus standing alone on the stage states that he can tell him. And then he does something marvelous. He recites the Annunciation to the separate scene from the Gospel of St. Luke. And he says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And then Linus says, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Isn't that something? And those words, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And this is what we're preparing for, Advent. It's the time to prepare for Christmas. And Christmas is the time for us to draw near to the God who is so crazy in love with us that he becomes one of us. And to show the depth of his love, God comes to earth as a poor and vulnerable child so that it is easier for you and for me to approach him. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in one of its most unsettling and glorious paragraphs Quotes from St. Irenaeus. For this is why the Word became man, and the Son of God became the Son of Man, so that man, by entering into communion with the Word, and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a Son of God, a child of God. The Son of God came into the world to bring peace and joy. Our most beloved Christmas carols speak of this. And you remember joy to the world, silent night. You know, the people living in Israel when Jesus was born had no idea that the Savior they were expecting had finally arrived. The citizens of the Roman Empire were completely ignorant that the true king of the world was in their midst. Except for a few shepherds, the rest of the world missed the most important event in human history. And sadly, the same is happening today. Why? Well, there's so much noise. We're so distracted. What we really need is silence. We desperately need of silence. We need to slow down. We need to free ourselves from material possessions so our hearts can be free to love. In our Western world, we seem to do everything possible to celebrate Christmas except to acknowledge why it is worth celebrating. It is crazy. But so many insist on celebrating Christmas just to be celebrating. 
We stubbornly refuse to acknowledge that what happened did happen. Somehow we suspect that if we were to do so, it would make demands on us that we would not like to follow. We're afraid. We really are. And what is so disturbing and puzzling is that we seem most afraid of silence, which is precisely the path back to sanity, to peace and to joy. There is a reason why the Son of God was born in the silence of a cold winter night. You know, I mentioned our traditional Christmas carols. Do you know the history of what is perhaps the most popular carol ever, Silent Night? It's a beautiful story. It was Christmas Eve, and in Berlin, the king and his court were commemorating the birth of Christ. The cathedral choir directed by Felix Mendelssohn was playing one of the pieces from his repertoire, and it was the song, the song Silent Night. And the king was so impressed by the beautiful song, and then wondered who the author of that song might be. He had never heard it before. So he examined his program with the list of hymns being sung and was surprised to see that the author was unknown. So the king ordered to find out who the composer and the origin of the song of the hymn that he had found so beautiful was. And after much time and travel and effort, they were able to discover the composer and history of Silent Night. And the person who discovered it wrote an account of the history of the song. And it's this. It is Christmas Eve. And the tower of the small church of the village dominates the snow-laden houses of the town like a hen protecting its chicks. In the presbytery, the young Father Joseph Moore, 26 years old, is re reviewing the gospel in preparation for the night ceremonies when a knock at the door breaks the silence. It is a peasant woman who has a parish priest to help a baby that has just been born. Without delaying, the priest leaves the comfort of his home and, after a hard climb up the mountain, arrives at the humble abode where the child had been born. Upon his return, the stars shine in the heavens, reflecting their light on the whiteness of the snow. And the priest begins to reflect on the scene he has just witnessed. The child, the peasant couple, their humble home have all impressed him. And they remind him of another child, another couple, another humble dwelling in Bethlehem of Judah. After midnight mass, Father Moore is unable to sleep. So he takes pen and paper and begins to write a poem that will become the lyrics to Silent Night. And the next morning, Christmas Day, 1818, the pious priest looks for a friend of his called Franz Gruber, and after reading the poem to him, Gruber exclaims, Father, this is exactly the Christmas song that we need. Praise be to God. And that very day he composed the music to go with the words. It was Christmas Eve, 1818, when the now famous carol was first performed as Stille Nacht. Joseph Moore, the young priest who wrote the lyrics, played the guitar and sang along with Franz Gruber the choir director who had written the melody. 
It is a beautiful story about the most popular Christmas carol ever, Silent Night. Silent Night. So how can you and I prepare for Christmas with silence? Work on creating moments of silence in your day. Use Advent as a special time of silence. Try to slow down. Don't give in to the frenetic hyperactivism of Christmas preparations. You're so busy preparing that you actually miss Christ when he's born and knocks at the door of your heart. So what can you do so that this Advent and Christmas seasons can be for you the best ever? Make time for silence every day. Spend at least a few minutes each day in total silence, meditating and contemplating the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Sit or stand or kneel before the nativity scene that you set at home and just watch and pray. If you commit yourself to a few minutes of silence and prayer every day, you will learn that in order to pray, you need to acquire some virtues that make intimacy with God easier. Love for silence, both exterior and interior, constancy, and the ability to listen carefully, which enables us to hear God's voice. At times, you know this, we find it hard to value silence, and if in our prayer we fail to hear anything, we may try to fill it in the time with words, with reading, or even with images and audio recordings, podcasts. And although we do so with a good intention, we may find it hard then to listen to God. What you and I need is a true conversion to silence, which is more than just merely keeping quiet. Saint Jose Maria wrote down a reflection in the summer of 1932 that was later published in The Way, which gives graphic expression to how our dialogue with God will always have to take this path. And he writes, Silence is the doorkeeper of the interior life. External noise and unruly passions disperse our attention, while silence restores unity to our heart and leads us to reflect on the direction of our life. Activism and loquacity in our prayer don't draw us closer to God, nor do they allow us to act with true depth. When we're agitated, we don't have time to recollect our heart to think, to live deeply, while silence, both interior and exterior, leads us to an encounter with God, to be amazed by Him. Prayer requires a silence that is not merely negative and empty, but that is filled with God and leads us to discover His presence. As Blessed Guadalupe Ortiz wrote, Go deeper in that silence to arrive where God alone is, where not even the angels can enter without our permission, to adore God, to praise Him, and tell Him affectionate things. Unquote. This is the silence that enables us to listen to God. It is a question then of centering our attention, our intellect, our will, and our affections on God in order to let ourselves be challenged by Him. So, 
Make the resolution to turn off your phone and tablet and television and radio and get the buds out of your ears and learn to love silence. And in that silence, you will find the baby Jesus who's saying to you, I love you. I came to earth for you. Spend time with me. And let me end with a beautiful quote from Pope Benedict, who has given us so many wonderful ideas to think about and to help us prepare for Christmas. Pope Benedict writes, The cycle of Christmas solemnities brings us to meditate on the birth of Jesus announced by the angels, suffused with the luminous splendor of God. Christmas time speaks to us of the star that guided the Magi from the east to the house of Bethlehem, and it invites us to look to the heavens open above the Jordan as the voice of God resounds. There are all signs through which the Lord does not tire repeating to us, Yes, I am here. I know you. I love you. There is a road that leads from me to you, and there is a road that leads from you to me. In Jesus, the Creator assumed the dimensions of a child, of a human being like us, who may see and touch. The meaning of Christmas, and more generally, the meaning of the liturgical year, is precisely that of us drawing near to these divine signs, to recognize in them the events of every day, so that our hearts will open to the love of God. May this be a very blessed Advent for all of us. May you have the best Christmas ever because you have prepared yourself well. May you live this silence, the silence of Mary, the silence of Joseph. May the two of them help us to prepare for a very, very happy and very blessed Christmas. May God bless you.